swag out them balls. And welcome that, to another episode of the You and Geek Podcast by Webster Style, where we talk about bow ties, comic books, and everything in between. I'm your host, Webster Style, the man, the voice, the fragrance. Coming at you again one more time, and of course, let's start off with jumping directly into the download. Now, I cannot stop talking about just how wonderful of a discovery platform Xbox Game Pass is. And it's one of those, uh, I can say, I find new things to play every single week, which is really, really awesome. And one of the games that I found this week to dip my toe into is a little game called Donut County. And this is a game that's actually been out for a couple of years. It was originally published in 2017, 2018. It was done by a one-man developing crew of Ben Espinito and published by Annapuna Interactive, also the same people that put out the movies. And it is one of those games that has been talked about for a while as a great indie gem and was just never on my radar. So it's been out for a while. As a result, it is on everything. It is on the uh, Switch, Xbox, One, Series X, all that good stuff, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, through backwards compatibility. Also, of course, on PC and on mobile. So you can literally buy this game and play it anywhere or any device that you want, any modern device that is. So basically, I say this game is Katamari Damacy in reverse instead of a giant ball that you're rolling around the world trying to collect everything. You are actually guiding holes and you guide these holes around individual levels in order to swallow things up. And as you swallow things up into the hole, the hole gets larger and larger and larger and larger until you're able to complete the objectives of that level. And in between each level, you have uh, more of the story that goes along with this overall concept. And I'll just say it's it's a fun game. It's a short game. It is nothing wrong with it being short. Um, it is not a $59.99 uh, game. If it was that sort of price tag, then definitely I would be upset for it being short. But you can definitely sit through this and play through it in the evening, two to three hours tops uh, for just running through it depending on your pace and you know going back and forth between the different levels but I found it to be a refreshing game it was one that how can I put it many games nowadays are overtly complicated with their controls and how they play and their objectives and even their um, motivation for characters which is great I am as someone who started gaming when I was about four so this is what, 19, 1982? <laughs> um, it's, it's interesting and beautiful to see how things have evolved since uh, playing a horrible version of Pac-Man on the Atari 2600 or playing what passed for a plane fight or tank fight in combat to games now where even just two generations ago where you're playing as an amnesia Sith Lord retrained to be a Jedi and you can make choices to whether or not you turn to the light side or dark side and either save the galaxy or ultimately become his ruler. I mean, that's a heck of a jump from where I started uh, with gaming. So it's refreshing to play a game like Donut County and just have a good old time and just really feel the joy that playing a game 
can evoke with you as a as a gamer uh and it, in its simplest form so i really enjoyed this game and it's something i would definitely recommend much like when i talked about carry on many many months ago it's such the gameplay and the music and the atmosphere and even more so with the the characters that you end up interacting with as the story goes along it's just a fun game to play it's a great game to play if you had a hard day at work where you just need to shut down for a few and need some electronic therapy this is definitely a great game for you to pick up so i highly recommend donut county and you'll find like i said on every platform is usually going to be for that sub 15 dollar range uh 13 actually i think it's like 12.99 on xbox if you buy it outright it's 14.99 uh on mobile and i'm assuming you'll find it for that 12.99 mark on uh the other platforms as well and remember if you are a subscriber to xbox game pass it's included with your subscription so that's my pick for this week for the download and speaking of just general things that wowed me this week also this week we had the full trailer for the second venom movie movie uh, venom let there be carnage let me tell you the first venom movie was so so i am one of those people who i was into comics very heavily uh, when venom first debuted so and spider-man was one of those books and this is a little bit after the introduction of venom but definitely when carnage was introduced i was picking up spider-man every month like i was picking up uh spider-man and web of spider-man very heavy as part of my comic book monthly intake back in middle school when these books uh originally these characters originally debuted so i'm very familiar with that so with as a result of that i was always very skeptical about how you do a venom movie without spider-man um i would say as a as someone who is not a movie writer but just someone who likes to create i can only imagine the sort of task that the writer of the first venom movie had to make a good movie without that sort of spider-man backstory and while the movie wasn't perfect i will say i think they did a pretty good job setting up venom as his own character especially considering you have so many years of that venom anti-hero being a part of the marvel universe even before the agent venom stuff that happened over the years and so on and so forth but you have a lot of the basis for what they were able to uh, use to create their own Venom in that original movie. So I, I took my hat off to them for what they did. I don't think it's a particularly great movie. It was a fun movie to watch. Is it a movie I watch again? Nah, not at all. However, I was there back in the day when they introduced Carnage and the sort of mayhem and spectacle that introducing that time the second symbiote into the Marvel Universe. Uh, that was a big deal. And when they cast Woody Harrelson as um, Cletus Cassidy, who becomes Carnage, I was excited because there are very few actors I would pick in my mind to play that character. And Woody Harrelson was number one on that list. So one of the things I asked, though, in the original comic, Cassidy and Brock were in, in jail together and Brock had a symbiote and the symbiote had a baby and that baby became the carnage symbiote. So I was wondering how they were going to have that carnage symbiote come from Venom if Eddie 
wasn't a criminal he's not going to jail well this trailer revealed all and it's one of those things where i don't mind a trailer revealing plot beats in this case how uh cassidy got the carnage symbiotes revealed in this newest trailer but it just looks overall exciting and it makes me very excited to see this movie so much more so than the original venom movie and don't get me wrong i'm not going to this movie for venom i'm going to this movie for carnage for woody harrelson as carnage that's what got me excited about this movie like i would go to the theater in theory to see this movie because of that if it wasn't for him i would wait to watch it on cable or streaming just like i did the original venom movie so but Venom, Let There Be Carnage looks amazing. I cannot wait until it comes out. Now, that's that for my first impression of this trailer. Let's talk about some burning topics that I have that I need to get off my chest. Uh, if you have not realized by now, if you've listened to this podcast, I am a pretty big wrestling fan. Not a huge wrestling fan like I used to be, but pretty big. I still keep up with the product of various uh, organizations, RH, WWE, AEW uh, Impact. I still keep up with those for the most part. Don't watch as much as I used to, partially because uh, pretty much with my cord cutting decisions, I don't get a lot of those broadcast channels anymore. So any wrestling I do watch is usually streaming or just catching the highlights on YouTube when I have the chance to. So with that, one of my, well, not one of my, but I would say one of the most high profile wrestlers over the past few years is now without a job. Now 2020 and then into 2021 probably marked the biggest or longest period of WWE laying off people. They released so many wrestlers over the past year and a half, it's ridiculous. And there were just so many familiar names that were released. And it's sad because so many of them were individuals who had gotten over with the crowd, over for those who are not in the wrestling uh, is when a wrestler has a gimmick or persona and they pretty much give it their all and because of what they do both in ring promo in the ring and through promos they win the crowd over so they are over with the crowd so you have wrestlers like Rusev who is now Miro in AEW you have wrestlers who recently released like Alistair Black now uh, Malachi Black in AEW who just fans absolutely loved and just for whatever reason WWE just never really pushed those people push as in put those people in a position to win titles and the whole championships on a consistent basis. They just never did that to those people. And there were a lot of people that WWE has released over the past year and a half who were in that same position. Well, one of the people who they just released this past week actually is a gentleman by the name of Wyndham Rotunda. And Wyndham Rotunda is, uh, I'm not sure if he's third generation, but he's definitely a second generation a wrestler. His father was Mike was Mike Rotunda, who if you're an 80s fan of wrestling, uh, you remember him as IRS Irvin R. Scheister. Uh, Wyndham Rotunda also brother Bo Dallas is, was with the WWE, was also released. But Wyndham Rotunda is better known as Bray Wyatt. And if you watch WWE over the past five or six years, maybe a bit longer, you know that Bray Wyatt and his personas have been a cornerstone of much of the WWE programming in that time. And really over the past year with his reintroduction as The Fiend, uh, garnered probably some of his greatest acclaim and got him even more over with the fans than he already was. I mean, his height, his popularity was so high that when WWE switched 
from uh, USA for SmackDown to Fox. Fox demanded that Bray Wyatt be on that show because of the ratings that he drew in with every single appearance and every single segment of the Fire Fire Funhouse that aired. So they obliged and put him on the show. That's how big of a star Bray Wyatt was in WWE. And then he just released him because of budget cuts. How are you a company who have, during a pandemic, increased your profits every single quarter, but you're releasing people due to budget cuts? Please help me with that math. I don't get it either. However, I will say they dropped the ball big time on this one. Big time. And I'll say this, and Wonder Wattender will never ever hear this i'm pretty sure of it. but if he ever does um i know that he or you will shine wherever you go uh, a man of that talent uh, both in the ring and outside of the ring and that creativity he will shine and be a star no matter what promotion he goes to so i'm only waiting and i'm hoping that he eclipses what he was as bray wyatt because this is one wrestler in my opinion that deserves to become an even bigger star and make WWE rule the day they decided that they didn't need his services anymore. So that's that on my WWE wrestling rant. So let's continue to talk about dropping the ball, shall we? Now, if you have not realized about now by this podcast, I have been a Doctor Who fan since I was a child. I'm an immense Doctor Who fan. I cut my teeth watching reruns of the fourth doctor on maryland public television growing up and i have grown to love every single doctor except for the first one i still cannot stand watching the first doctor it's i can't do it it's just it's so dry to me heart no i i understand the significance i understand why it's important as far as the overall lineage of doctor who but as a viewer, as someone who consumes content, and I love old movies and stuff, I just can't do it. It is so boring. Hartnell puts me to sleep every single time. And it's not even just him, it's the pacing of the stories. It's, it's how everything was done with the first Doctor. It's just, it does not hold my attention. So with that, Doctor Who is very uh, near and dear to me. So I'll make my opinions known. And one of the things I talked about a couple podcasts ago was just how especially starting with Peter Capaldi, who was the 12th Doctor, it just does not hold up from a nostalgia point of view like uh, previous Doctors do. Like any, literally any Doctor from the 2nd Doctor to the 11th Doctor, I can watch pretty much any episode and have no issues and watch it like it's the first time and enjoy it and so on and so forth. For the most part, there are exceptions to every rule, but for the most part, I can enjoy them. Capaldi, going back and revisiting, I just, it just doesn't hold my attention going back rewatching. It's actually kind of boring to me watching a lot of Capaldi stuff. Now, mind you, it does change with his third series and his final series. And I think a lot of that for me with Doctor Who is the engagement with the companion. And I think with Capaldi, Clara just ran her course and got on my nerves. Um, by the time his second series rolled around, and we'd had her since Matt Smith, so she just needed to go, and she just became such an annoying character, in my opinion. So I think for me, with Capaldi's third season, with the addition of Bill Potts, and the, uh, also the addition more so of Missy and the Cybermen, all the other things, I, it was a, a better series for me, and it's one that I could possibly rewatch. Um, and I have rewatched a couple episodes, and then I think about it. So with that, Capaldi left, and they brought 
in a new showrunner in Chris Chibno and a new doctor in Jodie Whittaker. And there was a lot of hubbub about the doctor being a female for the first time. And I'm like, I could care less if the doctor was a female. I, I didn't, I didn't get it. The doctor is the doctor. It's really all about the stories that are told, the sort of situations that they are into, and also the companions. And the companions that Jodie Whittaker's doctor has or had were were good. Um, I'm, I'm grimacing because they were good, and some got annoying, and some like, okay, yeah, this is. There wasn't the character development for some of the companions. It was uneven, in my opinion, uh, for her first two seasons, and ultimately. Uh, two of them left in the last season or series. I forget that they do it differently in Britain. And now we have the recent announcement that Jodie Whittaker is leaving after the third season. And so is the showrunner Chris Chibnall. And I will say this is another instance where the BBC dropped the ball. Because Jodie Whittaker's last two seasons have been forgetful. Or forgettable, I should say. The first season, I understand with any new doctor, uh, both for the actors and the writers, you're finding your way. You're trying to find your distinctive voice as a doctor, especially considering you have come, in this case, um, after 12, technically 13, if you count the war doctor, individuals who have served as the same character. So there are a lot of stories that have been told, a lot of different uh, iterations, uh, personality-wise, that have been displayed. So you have Jodie coming in as the first female, which already has a lot of weight on her shoulders for her and the writers. But just in general, that's it's hard, I'm sure, for any actor, any writer, to try to find something new with a character that has been around 50 plus years. That's not an interview situation that I would put on anybody. But they tried and in my opinion it was good for when it was. But it doesn't hold up when you look look back at sort of classic Doctor Who. And those sort of episodes and storylines that really stand out. Um, there is there is no story from Whitaker's first season. There's nothing that stands out to me. Nothing. Nothing in my mind when I think of her, like I have jumbled images of several stories, but there's no one story that just like, hey, this is this is a great story. This is memorable. Even talking about Peter Capaldi, his last two episodes that all they always stand out to me Uh, because Bill Potts had been turned into a Cyberman. Um, you had that great reveal of the, the the masters and then Mondas and like I thought his last two episodes were just brilliant. It was a great way for um, last two episodes of the regular series before the holiday special where he actually um, changed. But I, I thought they were great. They were pretty much, in my opinion, like the best two episodes of Capaldi's entire run. Is something I would watch over and over again just because of the fan service and it was it was classic Doctor Who. In my opinion. So with Jody, there's nothing about the first season that is memorable. Uh, in a good or bad sim, it was just, it just was. Uh, the second season started off really good. That first episode, it introduced a new master. This is a, uh, an actor who I was familiar with. While I wasn't really that keen on the character I knew him from, from Iron Fist. If you watch Iron Fist, you understand why. But it started off really good. And then that second episode hit. And you're like, really? And then the whole season kind of just went. And then you have that end with that big reveal of the Doctor really being the timeless child. And the uh, Gallifreyans stealing the ability to regenerate and time travel from her. Because she appeared from another dimension. And I'm like, what 
this is some dumb this is some dumb shit <laughs> and and the thing is i was talking with my wife and i said you know at the time i tried i tried to work with it i really tried to but the more i think about it the really i really sit to think like you really just ran out of ideas because none of this makes sense especially if this is tied into the evolution of the doctor and is tied into everything else that's happened before none of this makes sense whatsoever and then having the there were doctors that were there before william hartnell's doctor i'm like man no 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 so they dropped the ball with this second series so i wasn't surprised when they said that jody whittaker was leaving after the third one so the third season series is going to kick off sometime soon with a couple of follow-up specials after that which is par for the course they did the same thing uh, with tenant and i think uh smith had two uh specials and then capaldi had that one special afterwards so that's that's perfectly fine expected especially the way the bbc has been drawing out these seasons and uh with the pandemic you know pretty much everybody losing you and everything so fine i just hope that with um this new doctor and this new showrunner that they do something to set the course right because from a pop culture sort of thing yes it is it is hard to compete now compared to 2012 2013 when you had Doctor Who probably at its highest when uh, that transition from Smith to Tennant and Tennant, excuse me, Tennant to Smith and Smith just really just rode that and it was just like, it was everybody loved Doctor Who. And, and then now it's it's very geeky again, meaning Doctor Who is becoming more and more niche and not as much in the mainstream as it used to be as far as pop culture is concerned. And it's going to take a lot for anyone to come in after uh the diminished returns of the Chris Chibnall era. Because I'm not even putting this on Jodie Whittaker. Jodie Whittaker, I think, was a good doctor. She just had some horrible stories uh, that were given to her during the course of her run. And unfortunately, there there isn't much so far that's memorable about her run as the doctor when it comes to the story line. It's memorable in a good way. Let me put it that way, at least in my opinion. So I I hope that this transition allows them to uh, reinvigorate Doctor Who, not just bopping a woman as Doctor Who. And it seems like they rested on that laurel of making Doctor Who a woman to try to get new eyes on the product. It seemed more of a stunt than actual sort of necessity or like, hey, we're going to be I don't, I don't know what to really say about that. It just seems like it was more of a stunt um to get more eyes on the product by casting Whitaker, at least based on the the writing and how the two seasons have gone because like i said story-wise has been nothing memorable in a good way and frankly uh, and it's sad because like i said i think Whitaker is a good doctor she's annoying at times her doctor but she's still a good doctor. I don't, I'm not even going to say there's nothing sort of a bad doctor because people have their opinions on that. But I look forward to the announcement of a new doctor. And it's weird because people are, at this point in time, every time people are like, who's going to be the next doctor? It's going to be this person. It's going to be a person of color. I'm like, I'm at that point in my fandom, I could care less who the doctor is. I can care less who the doctor looks like. I understand for the social progress and I understand that you want to be represented that's great. A good story is a good story regardless of what color or gender the doctor is. And that's all I care about. 
I want good stories with Doctor Who. I want stories that are memorable. I want characters that are memorable. I want to be able to, I can, you know, talk about, I am, I'm 43 years old. I can talk about Doctor Who shows that I first saw 30 plus years ago. I can sit and watch Pluto TV now on any Saturday or when I'm in the kitchen cooking and turn on Pluto TV and watch any classic Doctor Who episode there. They're playing and enjoy it for what it is, for the writing, for the acting, for uh, the general 70s or 60s or 80s cheese, depending on which Doctor I'm watching. There's something there that I enjoy and I can always go back to and find that that sci-fi, that essential Doctor Who that carried through the series up until today. So I hope that whomever they choose to run the show and to be the new Doctor, that they make these decisions based on the stories that they want to tell and not because of an agenda or some sort of, uh, we have to make uh, a point of representation. It's like, hey, Doctor Who is anybody and everybody. He's a, he or she is a damn alien with two hearts, okay? The skin color and gender really doesn't matter after that. <laughs> but that's my take on the whole Doctor Who situation. So I'm excited for a new era of Doctor Who. And I'm also excited for this last series uh, with Jodie Whittaker. I'm really hoping that, much like Peter Capaldi's uh, third series, they really start to hit their stride and really tell some fun, memorable stories as a Doctor Who fan. And I hope, honestly, that it, it gets good enough where people come back to the product and are excited again for a new Doctor instead of it just being us Doctor Who nerds who get excited every time there's a new Doctor. So that's that. So that's it for me and my my burning issues. Uh, let's talk about something that's not burning, but uh, it's a little bit business, a little bit pleasure. Uh, I'm going to talk to you today in our fragrance of the week. week I'm going to talk about business over pleasure pleasure excuse me i cannot talk i've been talking too long it is another from the z creators line from zaharoff in this case it is a collaboration with tltg reviews ross carlos so uh he is another gentleman that i follow love his content he also does retro gaming stuff as well and obviously i'm into gaming and retro retro games so he's definitely a creator that i enjoy following and interacting with online so Last week, we talked about Brass and Soul, which was a collaboration with Stay Fresh Productions and Josh Copeland. So this week, we're doing Business Over Pleasure, and it is classified as a woody floral spice. So you're going to have top notes of uh, Shishan pepper, and I might have said that totally incorrectly, uh, bergamot and coriander. You're going to have middle or heart notes of lemon verbena, lily of the valley, cashmere wood, Florentine iris and ginger, and then you have bottom notes of Gaiac wood, Palo Santo, Tonka, musk, patchouli, and amber. Let me say, this is definitely one that fits its title. Um, I can't say what I was expecting with this, but this is definitely something that's business over pleasure. It is definitely, in my opinion, something that you can wear in a variety of occasions. Good for the office, it's good for pleasure. Uh, it's it's a very versatile fragrance. I would say it's, it's a bit more versatile than Brass and Soul, and not that Brass and Soul isn't versatile at all, but this is a whole lot more versatile. It is, it is probably, of the three, and I'm going to talk about the Siren next week, 
the most mass appealing of the three fragrances and as i said to you before um, if you're buying a zahara fragrance you're buying quality uh there is no zahara fragrance that i've smelled that i've ever been disappointed with no because man i'm just it's just lingering in the air right now it's so good that that spice that pepper and bergamot and especially coriander in the opening is man it just it gets your nose open and then you're going to that uh the middle notes and i really get that ginger spice mixing with the iris in the woods and the lily of the valley and lemon verbena but really i get that ginger and it's it's slight but it is not overpowering but it's still very present there and then with that dry down and, and one of the things i love about the Zahar fragrances, I love their dry downs. I love, especially with the ingredients that they use, I love how the tonka and the patchouli, especially that patchouli, really, really um, is highlighted in, the, in that dry down. Again, uh, this is something, this is a fragrance that I I personally think that, man, it's, it's so good. It, it is so good and it's so mass appealing and so versatile. Um, of a fragrance it, it is really really nice so that is the fragrance of the week it is business over pleasure it is the zed creators um collaboration between zaharf and ttlg reviews ross carlos and you can find him on uh, youtube instagram at ttlg uh, reviews great content so i definitely recommend all of the creators or all people i follow already um so i'm not telling you to follow these people and review or consume their content because of the fragrance now i've already followed them before and before before i even uh found out about zaharf back in the day um well, maybe not Ross Carlos. He hasn't been in the game that long, uh, or Curly Sense for that matter. But anyway, um, these are all creators that I, I personally follow and I enjoy their content. So I wouldn't recommend it if I did not think that you would either, especially if you're into fragrances. They are three people who I definitely value what they have to say about a fragrance. And they come off as totally unbiased as well. So that's my take on business over pleasure. And as that fragrance is down to its base notes we are at a, another end of another sartorian geek podcast by webster style i uh, hope you enjoyed this podcast it got a little long-winded i'm very passionate about doctor who what can i say but this has been another episode feel free to find us on the web at websterstyle.com also find us on instagram at sartorian geek and webster style also find us on Twitter at Webster Style and always drops the email at info at WebsterStyleMagazine.com. Thank you again for joining us and remember, be safe out there. Jenny, Jenny, Miffany, Muffin, if any key when it comes to the killing spree, aka that's the ensemble. Are you the enemy if you're not defending the presence of Millie in the vicinity without a bow tie? Okay, I might have went over the edge. Besides, I really let them clothes on them legs and thighs. Need to get strong, we can lift them to the sky. The party starts at 12. We got a little time, time, time to get it on. And I'm back on the type of pussy on. And after that, take a picture with the I'm choosing what we own. No, it was Tree Green Tuesday. Had to be Bowtie Thursday. Had to be. White Wednesday? Uh, I don't Well, I know last time. Well, I wore polka dot. You didn't wear. Oh, Miss Million, them heels killing them. But I'm sure it's a Thursday. Bowtie Thursday. Pasta cream in your heels looking sharp, babe. Acting like you don't know the rules.
was up in the workplace. Must I remind you it was till on your birthday? Don't get me wrong, I think we killed in the birthdays. And you picked the hell of fit for the church day. Let's say you picked the risk game for it. Now you got the floor filled with bras that you purchase. Pick a color scheme that can match a very corset. Get Smoking hot, rocking this pen so oh. thin. Tie hairline, looking like a stencil pen. No lie, I'm sharper than a utensil. Instrumental, plain dang homie. I was hoping we could walk out with that bang bang honey. See them plain James honey, them lame friends funny. We tell it they crazy like that thing came on me. Hey, mommy, look a lady main thing. Want me on the scene, fit popping like a main vein. Running blood color, lips smashing with the hand clutch money. Holding back, kind of funny. Can you tell me what's the price I got the range? Hang on me when we walking, looking Gucci like that thing sprayed on me. Walking with a limp like an ankle sprain on me. Yeah, I rocked the cardigan. She don't really want me because no one man should have all that style. Take it out, clothes on the floor, pass it. No one girl should fit it all in them jeans. So take it up and let me see what's under them scenes. No one man should have all that style. Take it out, clothes on the floor, pass it. No one girl should fit it all in them jeans. So take it up and let me see what's under them On the floor, pal, and no one girl should fit it all in them jeans. So take it up and let me see what's under them scenes. Oh, you want to? Oh, I completely read that wrong.